MSW Media. We'd like to thank our new sponsor, Microdose, for supporting the Daily Beans. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code DAILYBEANS. It's available nationwide. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. Today, New Hampshire heads to the polls in their presidential primary. The Supreme Court sides with the Biden administration overturning a Fifth Circuit ruling that allows now the Biden administration to remove razor wire in Texas. A fake Joe Biden robocall tells New Hampshire Democrats not to vote today. An ex-soldier convicted of manslaughter for killing an Iraqi civilian has been arrested on January 6th charges. And a Florida bill would funnel $5 million of public money to pay Trump's legal bills. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Boy, if you want a lot of news to make you angry, today's the day. <laughs> my God, just hearing you read that, I could feel my blood pressure start to rise. Yeah, the, the, I, I'm really happy about the Supreme Court ruling, but it comes with a giant side of what the fuck, because four justices somehow think that the Supremacy Clause doesn't matter anymore. Uh, and that, we, like, as Ellie Mistal said on Twitter, like, what, we just, we're, we're all good with the Civil War, I think we can win this time? Like, is that what they were thinking? It's yeah. just absolutely absolutely bonkers. Um, But New Hampshire, everybody go and vote. Ignore the Biden AI deepfake call and get out right in Biden because he's not on the ballot. Um, It would be really, really funny if he could beat Dean Phillips in a write-in campaign. So please go out and vote today if you're in New Hampshire. We're staying home here in San Diego and Los Angeles because we're experiencing a lot of flash flooding. Um, It is one of the wettest days on record. Uh, here, I think the fifth wettest day on record. Yeah, got, um, we got rains here in the south too. Actually, I guess I'm in the north compared to you, but it's all the way through Los Angeles and a little bit up the coast. But yeah, everyone just be careful. We got mudslides in the hills. If you don't need to be on the road right now, especially in those areas, stay out of the canyons, please. Yes, yes, please, please stay safe. Don't drive where there's a bunch of water and you know. Don't try to drive through it. Just you know, go home. Yeah. Um, And also, uh, coming up, we've got some pretty exciting stuff. You know, we've got our Patreon meetup happening in D.C. in April. We have 150 spots. Dana, we had 600 people RSVP. fantastic. To this. And so we're good. But, you know, we're only, we can only choose 150. But don't worry, there's going to be more of these. And, uh, you know, I, with the Daily Beans, we're going on tour this summer and in the fall. And patrons, you will have first grab at tickets. If you're a patron, you will get um, access to the VIP meet and greets that happen before those shows where we all hang out and have cocktails and mocktails for like an hour before I go on stage. It's always so much fun. There will be many, many more opportunities uh, for events for you to come and meet us and hang out with us. Uh, I know I hate having to leave 450 people out. Like it, oh, no. it tears at my soul, but I'm excited that we're going to be having some live shows. And you've got some live shows coming up yourself, my friend. 
I do. I know some of you guys tap out before the good news and I've been announcing it there, but please, if you're in Florida, I got a show coming up in Tampa this Sunday. It's a matinee. We're going to be done before you even have to have dinner, which is wonderful. And that's going to be at the Funny Bone in Tampa. And if you're in Central Oregon, if you're in Eugene or Bend or Portland and you want to take a, a, a little road trip down to Bend, Oregon, I am headlining what is basically an LGBTQ plus ski week, but it's for allies and everything else. And if you just want to get tickets to my show, you can do that. And they're really reasonable. They're only $40. Uh, You can get them on my website at danagoldberg.com. That's March 8th. And then I'm heading to Florida, heading back to Florida in Fort Lauderdale on my birthday, which is April 12th. I'm going to be at the Sunshine Cathedral, which is just gorgeous, one of the biggest LGBTQ churches in the country. Um, So that's going to be wonderful. And then I've got all my galas updated. So we've got New York and Austin, South Florida, Charlotte, Philadelphia, Austin. So if you're in these cities and you want to help support the LGBTQ community, you're going to have plenty of opportunities. So go on my website, danagoldberg.com. I've got my solo shows there. And then you'll see me on the road with uh, Allison at a couple of those as well, once we know uh, which ones I can be at. So that's it. Just thanks. Thanks for supporting live comedy and supporting the podcast. Yeah. Independent media and live comedy. And sometimes both at the same time. Yep. (laughs) My shows Uh, are, yeah, Q shooting star. The more you know. (laughs) (laughs) Do, 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 do. Thank you so much for doing a matinee. So many times my friends are like, hey, we're going to this comedy show tonight. Starts at nine. And of course, our our catchphrase is, what am I, on cocaine? Like 9 p.m. Well, you said that in the Ben show is at nine, but there's reason why. It's after (laughs) other events. It's part of a a huge ski weekend. So it is a nine o'clock show, but hey, we can stay up, right? Take a nap. There are benefits to comedy at night. There oh, are yeah. benefits. So, yeah. so uh, I love that there's, I, I just love that there's a smattering of choices. That's what I think is ideal here. Uh, all right. You. We have some of this news to get to. Uh, a couple of good, good news stories, but uh, also a couple of really frustrating ones. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from CNN, the Supreme Court is allowing U.S. Border Patrol agents to remove razor wire deployed by Texas GOP Governor Greg Abbott's security initiative at the U.S.-Mexico border while the state's legal challenge to the practice plays out. The vote was five to four. I'll give you four guesses. (laughs) Yep, I can bet I can name the Supreme Court justices real fast. Uh, The justice's order is a major victory for President Joe Biden and his ongoing dispute with Abbott over border policy and, you know, the Constitution, which has become especially fraught in recent days after three migrants drowned in a section of the Rio Grande that state officials have blocked agents access to, prompting the administration to further press for the high court's intervention. The federal appeals court last month ordered the Border Patrol agents to stop removing the razor wire along a small stretch of the Rio Grande while court proceedings continue. The Justice Department asked the Supreme Court earlier this month, step in. It's it's an emergency. Wipe away that order from the Fifth Circuit, please. And they did that on Monday. This is Clarence Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh said they would have denied the federal request. Steve Vladek, CNN Supreme Court analyst and professor at the University of Texas School of Law, frequent guest on our show, said that while the order is a victory for the Biden administration, the delay in issuing it raises future questions. Quote, whatever one thinks, whatever one thinks of a current immigration policy, it ought not to be that controversial that the states cannot prevent the federal government from enforcing federal law lest we set the stage for Democratic-led states to similarly attempt to frustrate the enforcement of federal policies by Republican presidents. Mm -hmm. That's what Vladek said. 
that four justices would still have left the lower court injunction in place uh, will be taken rightly or wrongly is a sign that some of those longstanding principles of constitutional federalism might be in a degree of flux. Yeah, no kidding. Lawyers for the Biden administration argued that the appeals court ruling turns on its head the Constitution's supremacy clause, which states pretty fucking clearly, by the way, uh, that's me, not CNN, that federal laws take precedence over state laws. Quote, the result of Texas's position would be that states across the country could invoke their own laws to impede the federal government's exercise of its authority. That's Solicitor General Elizabeth Prelogar writing in court papers. Oh, like, I don't know, the Second Amendment, for example. Yep. If that injunction is left in place, Prelogar stressed, it would impede Border Patrol agents from carrying out their responsibilities to enforce immigration laws and guard against the risk of injury and death, matters for which are the federal government, not Texas, are held politically accountable. In subsequent filings to the court, the Supreme Court, Prelogar said, new barriers recently erected in Texas, including new fencing gates and military Humvees, demonstrate an escalation of the state's efforts to hamstring the government's border patrol duties and reinforce a need for swift intervention in the matter. She also told the court that Texas was violating a critical part of the injunction that allows federal agents to cut wire to address medical emergencies arguing that the drownings of two children and a woman earlier this month, as well as the rescue by Mexican officials of two other migrants on the U.S. side of the Rio Grande, underscore that Texas is firm in its continued efforts to block Border Patrol's access to the border, even in emergency circumstances. The state sued last year to stop Border Patrol agents from cutting the concertina wire, saying it illegally destroyed state property and undermined security in order to assist migrants in crossing the border. The Fifth Circuit is currently weighing the legal questions around whether the federal government has the authority to cut the wire that Texas had installed on the banks of the Rio Grande, and it's set to hear oral arguments in the case on February 7th. Texas had urged the Supreme Court to deny the Biden administration's request, telling the justices in court papers that, quote, there is no basis for this court's intervention, much less now. Uh, Attorneys for the state noted that after the Biden administration filed its emergency request to the justices, the appeals court said it would expedite its review of the case, a decision the state had argued undermined a need for quick action by the nation's highest court. Quote, in any case, cutting Texas fencing to wave thousands of people into Texas has nothing to do with inspection, apprehension or removal. That's Ken Paxton's argument. Quote, the district court's findings demonstrate more that the administration's actions are so far removed from what Congress authorized that they have nothing to do with the defendant's statutory authority. That's what they're arguing. They're they're basically saying, you know, your job is to inspect, apprehend, and remove, and saving lives isn't part of that. Right. It's like at all costs, make sure. Yeah. So you must stop. They're so gross and inhumane. AG, thank you. This one's from Matthew Chapman at Raw Story. It seems Florida Republicans have a new idea. They're going to create a state program that will bail out up to $5 million of Donald Trump's legal expenses with public money. (laughs) I know the legislation, this was first reported by Newsweek, has been proposed by Florida's chief financial officer, Jimmy Patronis, and is being sponsored by state Senator Liana, excuse me, Liana Garcia. Uh, It would establish a bucket of cash called, and I quote, Florida Freedom Fighters Fund. Fuck yourself. That should be right at the end. For fuck's fucking yeah. sake. Fuck, fuck. That's what <laughs> Florida Freedom Fighters Fund, the, the, oh, the four F's. Lord. So the program, it's going to provide up to $5 million to cover legal costs for Florida residents 
who are running for president <laughs> like Donald Trump and face legal partisan, partisan political attacks by the Department of Justice or state's attorneys. This is what Patronus's office said in a statement. So, oh, so it's for all Florida residents running for president who are being criminally indicted. Absolutely. Or, got uh, it. Yep, 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 yep. All um, and this is a quote from the story. We've got a Florida man, which is hysterical, by the way, Donald Trump running for president, and he's facing ongoing legal challenges from Democrats in New York, Washington, D.C., and Atlanta. That's what the statement said. Went on to say, the left is really good at weaponizing the courts, and because President Biden is so unpopular, they're not just trying to beat Trump at the ballot box. They're trying to throw him behind bars, which is outrageous. And we, we can do both. Can yeah, we do both? We, we can chew gum and walk at the same time. Mm. Yep. uh, Trump can. But uh, Trump is currently facing four separate criminal indictments, two from special counsel Jack Smith. We know that under the, the umbrella of the Justice Department and two from state prosecutors in New York and Georgia. Well, the cash would come from the Florida Department of Revenue, deriving money from the state's public campaign finance matching funds program and from voluntary contributions from driver's license registrations. That's what Patronus that's the office. That's what they're saying. Trump is overwhelmingly favored in polling. We know that to be the nominee for president next year, actually this year. Uh, however, some polling has also suggested that a conviction in any of his trials would severely hurt his standing against incumbent Joe Biden, who defeated him, as we know, in 2020. Garcia was elected to a typically Democratic-leaning South Florida seat in 2020 thanks to what they call that ghost candidate that we've covered who ran on the ballot with the same name as her Democratic challenger splitting the vote. God, that was such bullshit. That was a scheme that resulted in a statewide scandal and arrests, by the way, of candidates and Republican operatives. She has come under controversy during her time in office for proclaimed, uh, proclaiming that being LGBTQ, and I quote, is not a permanent thing advocating for conversion therapy in that little statement and blocking a constitution, uh, constituent, excuse me, blocking a constituent who asked her about her employment of a campaign manager who was allegedly at the January 6th attack. So she's also a piece of work down there, but man, they are just literally saying it out loud. Now donations, we're going to pay the president's legal bills. Donate here with your tax. It's dollars. a GoFundMe. They start, they want to start a GoFundMe for her, the former president of the United States. But with public funds, yeah. WTF? Any Florida resident running for president who's been indicted, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get this money. We're not going to name names. We're not going to name from names. The person who stole a seat with a ghost candidate scheme who yep. hates gay people. Okay, totally get it. Makes yeah. sense. All right. Next up from Alex Seitz, Wald at NBC. The New Hampshire Attorney General's office says it's investigating what appears to be an unlawful attempt at voter suppression after NBC News reported on a robocall impersonating President Joe Biden, telling recipients not to vote in Tuesday's presidential primary in New Hampshire. Quote, although the voice in the robocall sounds like the voice of President Biden, this message appears to be artificially generated based on initial indications. The Attorney General's office said that in a statement. Quote, these messages appear to be an unlawful attempt to disrupt the New Hampshire presidential primary election and to suppress New Hampshire voters. New Hampshire voters should disregard the content of this message entirely. The investigation comes after a prominent New Hampshire Democrat whose personal cell phone number showed up on the caller ID of those receiving the call filed a complaint. Whoops. Quote, what a bunch of malarkey. The robocall phone message begins, echoing a favorite term Biden has uttered before. The message then says, it's important that you save your vote for November. 
like you only get one. Oh, my God. Voting this Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. Wow. The message concludes with a phone number belonging to Kathy Sullivan, former New Hampshire Democratic Party chair, who's now running a super PAC supporting a campaign to urge New Hampshire Democrats to write in Biden's name. She's heading the write in Biden, write in Biden thing. And and it's her number that's popping up on these robocalls. Like they're like they're not only trying to, you know, conspire to violate your constitutional rights, they're also like trolling a well-known Democrat. This kind of shit with AI scares me to death, by the way. Tip of the iceberg, my friend. Biden's name does not appear on Tuesday's ballot. That's a consequence of state election officials setting the date of the primary ahead of South Carolina's on February 3rd, the first sanctioned contest of the 2024 nominating race for under new DNC rules. So New Hampshire went rogue. We're going to do it anyway. But local supporters launched a late write-in effort as a way to both marshal support for Biden and send a message to the National Party about the Granite State's coveted century-long tradition of holding the nation's first primary. So that's the other reason they're doing it. Keep us first. Look, we can do good things for Joe Biden. In an interview, Sullivan said she began receiving calls Sunday evening from those who'd received the message. One woman she spoke to told her that Biden called her. Uh, thought she said she was uh, though she said she was not a Biden supporter. I said you got a call from Joe Biden and he gave you my number. <laughs> that's what she re- that's how oh she responded. God. A volunteer for the write-in effort also received the call and recorded it, according to Sullivan, and shared it with organizers of the Biden write-in campaign. One of the organizers then shared it with NBC. It's not clear how many voters received this call. Uh, And Sullivan said that while it isn't clear who's behind it, it's obviously somebody who wants to hurt Joe Biden. Quote, I want them to be prosecuted to the fullest extent possible because this is an attack on democracy, she said. I'm not going to let it go. I want to know who's paying for it, who knew about it, and who benefits. She said she also plans to engage federal law enforcement. Good, because I think this violates Title 18 U.S. Code Section 241, Conspiracy Against Rights. Recently, remember that Ricky Vaughn guy was sentenced to seven months in prison mm-hmm. for that crime because of her text text to vote, you know, hip for Hillary. You can text your vote in that whole stunt in 2016, seven months in prison. Trump is also charged with conspiracy against rights. Same crime for his plot to overturn the 2020 election. Thank you, AG. All right. This last one's from Ryan Riley at NBC. A man who was convicted of manslaughter for killing a civilian while deployed in Iraq nearly 20 years ago has been arrested and charged with assaulting law enforcement officers in the Capitol riot on January 6th. Edward Richmond Jr., he's a 40-year-old who lives in, and I'm going to try this one because it's Louisiana. I'm going to say Gamar, Louisiana. See if I got that pronunciation correct. It's someone write in if I didn't. I know you will, but it's G E I S M A R. So we're going to go with Gamar, Louisiana. Was arrested in Baton Rouge on Monday morning. That's according to the Justice Department. He faces felony charges of the of civil disorder, entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds with a deadly or dangerous weapon, and assaulting, resisting, or impeding officers. That's according to the court documents. According to the criminal complaint. Photos show Richmond using a baton to attack law enforcement officers in the lower west tunnel of the Capitol building, where some of the most violent attacks on January 6th occurred. So online, these sedition hunters, which have been really helping to find a lot of people. I love aid, these guys. I know. Aided in identifying images of Richmond that were cited by the FBI. In its criminal complaint, the Justice Department said Richmond, quote, wore a black helmet, goggles, shoulder pads, an orange two-way radio, 
and a Louisiana state flag patch on his chest during the attack. The outfit led online sleuths to dub him Buff Lightyear. (laughs) (laughs) Their names for these guys are so great. Have you seen a picture of this guy? He's got like goggles and I mean, he's ready to go like... (laughs) It's just unbelievable that they're not trying to like at all fit in. You know what I mean? Like be sleuthy with this. They were like as identifiable as possible at the January 6th attack. Mm -hmm. So when deployed in Iraq, Richmond shot a cow herder named Mohammed Hussein Qadir in the back of his head on February 28th of 2004, 2004. The army said that at the time, according to multiple news accounts. So this is what he, this is the history of this guy. Richmond was convicted of voluntary manslaughter, and this is according to a 2006 article in the Washington Post, and was sentenced to three years with a demotion in rank and a dishonorable discharge. His father has sought to clear his son's name. This was according to the Post. Reached by phone on Monday, Edward Richmond Sr., who goes by Eddie, referred NBC News to an attorney for his son. The attorney, John McClendon, said his client approached him about a year ago. Now, McClendon suspects that the government will seek his client's pretrial detention at a hearing on Tuesday. Richmond will enter a not guilty plea. This is according to his lawyer. The man the FBI now identifies as the younger Richmond has been uh, number 182 on the FBI's Capital Violence webpage. This is the Bureau's most wanted list for January 6th offenders. More than 1,200 people have been arrested in connection with January 6th so far, and the Justice Department has secured about 900 convictions. It's a hell of a conviction rate. Hundreds of additional January 6th participants have been identified by online sleuths, but not arrested. This guy has been. Uh, They will be soon. Thank you, Sedition Hunters, and thank you, Ryan Riley. And if you haven't yet, you should pick up Ryan Riley's book, Sedition Hunters. Uh, All of the names uh, that they've picked out for all of these guys um, are in there. There's so many incredible stories. It's really, really a great book. All right. We have to take a quick break, uh, but then we will bring you the good news. If you have good news, you can send it to us by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, I want to take a moment to tell you about microdose gummies. I've been taking them for a while now, and it's amazing how much they do for me. I'm able to stay present in the moment while I'm working on my to-do list, and just a half a gummy at night helps me wind down and relax. I absolutely love them. Microdose sent me gummies so I could learn more about getting in the zone. You can try it too. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code DAILYBEANS. It's available nationwide. I was never a weed smoker. You know, I was in the military. I worked for the government forever. So I love microdosing. Microdose gummies have this tiny, tiny dose of THC. They've been able to help some of my friends and I with our anxiety, which is enough on its own. But they also taste great. They feel amazing uh, while doing exactly what I want them to do. They help me get in that zone where I'm being creative uh, and I don't need an entire gummy to help me chill out at the end of a hard day instead of my mind continuing to race about everything I still have left to do. I th- This like makes that stop. It's wonderful. I recommend trying microdose gummies. I'm sure they will help you out as much as they help me. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com, promo code dailybeans. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com, promo code dailybeans for 30% off and free shipping. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone.
here. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, corrections, pronunciation corrections, like that town in Louisiana that we just had earlier in the show, anything like that, anything at all, pronunciations, please send them in to us. <laughs> like we get them wrong so often, and we want to make sure that we're getting them right. If you have a, a self shout out or a shout out to a loved one, shout out to a small business in your area or your small business, theses, titles, dis dissertation titles, I would love, and I know Dana would love to hear your stories about your student debt relief, student debt forgiveness, if you've had your loans forgiven. And we want to hear from you um, anything, uh, actually, that this administration is helping with, uh, uh, how it's impacted your life positively. We love those good news stories. We'll be stories, stuffed animal stories, blankie stories, frog orgies, baby pictures. Uh, if you have a class cleaning up along a creek bed and, you know, you have stories about the stuff <laughs> that you find, <laughs> you can send that to us. This week, this past week on Refried Beans, it was so great. Um, Dana, we reran the episode of Inauguration day with Mary Trump. And uh, it was just oh, absolutely nice. magical. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the refried beans on the weekend. And thanks for your suggestion, too. If you have any other suggestions like that or any good news at all, send it to us, dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. All right. Let's see. First step, pronunciation corrections. Excellent. Several listeners wanted us to know that we mispronounced Ure, Colorado. Lauren L. wrote in specifically the town where you where some numbnut stole newspapers <laughs> in the misguided hope that it would stop the actual news. Ore is pronounced Yore, and it's an incredibly charming little town dubbed Little Switzerland. Ooh, now I want to go. Yore. Okay. Love it. And from Cathay, Cathay, Kathy, Cathay, pronouns she and her, just wanted to wish my grandmother, Montez, a very happy 100 wow birthday. she shares her birthday with allison on january 20th many more years of health and happiness to you both so she's exactly double oh my, my goodness age. that's awesome that's incredible now, i know the 50th is the golden year what is the 100th the diamond no I, 75 is diamond it's just incredible but look at this beautiful fantastic full spitfire of a woman she oh, looks yeah. amazing Awesome. All right. This is from Tracy, pronouns she and her. Good news. Shout out to my daughter, Maxine, who is starting her first day of work today for the city of San Francisco. She was privileged to graduate from Oregon State last June with no student debt, and she's turning that privilege outward toward public service. She's managed her type 1 diabetes since the age of seven. We could not be more proud of our peanut. And Tracy, your peanut, Maxine, is beautiful congratulations on your first day of work in the city of san francisco public service absolutely awesome high five congratulations you want to take this next one too absolutely this is from your fava right leguminito leguminto leguminto <laughs> Leguminto. It's from your favorite Leguminto. <laughs> Just a lazy dog. This is Axel hanging out inside while it's about 10 degrees outside. And Axel is a beautiful German shepherd. 10 degrees. How do you, how do you live? I know. <laughs> 10 degrees. Bah. It's cold in a lot of places right now. It definitely is. I hope everyone is staying warm like this beautiful baby dog. Next up from Peggy, pronouns she and her. I took my kids on a little vacation this week. We spent a few days on the South, on South Padre Island in Texas. It was just our bad luck that we were here during a cold snap. Between being off season and the weather, most of the things we planned to do were closed or canceled. But because of the weather, we actually had an experience that we never could have planned. 
When the water temperature in the bay drops below a certain temperature, it becomes very dangerous for the green turtles. As a result, sea turtle advocates on the island organize a rescue operation. Cold stunned turtles were pulled from the water and brought to the turtle sanctuary where they can be kept warm until they can be released again. Wow. My kids were able to volunteer and spend most of the day on the water. Their team brought in 11 turtles. The sanctuary reported more than 950 turtles were rescued. That's incredible. Not a frog orgy, but maybe happy turtles are close enough. Also, there was some Trump paraphernalia, but not nearly as much as I expected. Incredible. Well, listen, if these Trumpers are out there saving turtles, if that's what this implies, fucking great. (laughs) I think she just meant on South Padre Island in general. Oh, got it. I was like, because I can't imagine they're out there, but you know, or maybe that she just meant in the, maybe in the water. (laughs) These are, this is incredible. I would be out there doing this. I didn't, I'm, it's what we're doing to our planet right now. This is an exact thing where these stupid, sorry, where these idiots on the right, like Bobert are saying, Oh, how could there be climate change? There's no global warming. Look, the turtles are freezing. Cause she, it just, Mm. it makes my blood boil. Mm, Yeah. Same. This is awesome though. I love it. All right. The next one's mine. This is from anonymous pronoun. She and her, About 10 years ago, my older sister had a cancer scare. She was first diagnosed with a very aggressive cancer that was going to be life-altering, most likely would have taken her life at some point. Thankfully, a curious doctor and lab technician saw what others had missed, that the abnormal cells were not supposed to be there, but weren't cancer either. Now, during the first part of her diagnosis, I went to her house for a couple of weeks, and amidst the scary doctor appointments and negotiating a crisis her family was going through, their dog, Ruby, was a steadfast source of love and fun. I walked her every day, and we became the best of friends. I'm so grateful she is my sister and on this earth with me every day. We are both in our 60s now and continue to talk at least once or twice a week, a habit we developed when we were much younger and our children were babies. Today, when I visit my sister, which is never enough, I'm always greeted at the door with tons of Ruby love. I don't know why I'm getting super emotional right now. Recently, my husband and I uh, turned my sister on to your podcast and she loves it. I mean, loves it. She (laughs) sent me a text the other morning telling me how much she loves it. I know her well and know it's the pod pet good news portion that probably connects with her um, with her senses. (laughs) So I thought I'd share a couple pictures of her sweet animals. Ruby, her cat, Tortu, Tordu, Tordu. I like Tortu, yeah. Tortu. I've included my beautiful 16-year-old cat, Zoe. We listen to all three podcasts. Thank you for all you do. And Ooh, this Ruby. adorable dog, Ruby, looks like some sort of a doodle schnauzer mix. Look at this cat. Look at that man. That's a man face, right? It, the cat's massive. Oh my goodness. Yes. Look at the, it's a doodle of some kind, right? It's definitely a doodle. And And look at the size of this mountain lion that it seems to be a house cat. (laughs) Are you talking about the floofy one on his back? Yes. Yes. The other panther. Oh, absolutely. Those are both very large cats. I would be, and they both make me a little, feel a little unsafe. (laughs) (laughs) Floofy Persian type cat. And then like a Russian blue type cat. Absolutely. beautiful, Beautiful though. My goodness. Sultry. Thank you, Sultry look. And thanks for writing in about your sister and Ruby. Yeah. And your pet and her pet. That's wonderful. All right. Our last entry comes from anonymous pronoun she and her. Hi, Beans Queens. I want to share my years-long efforts 
to reach members of my family who I lost long ago to the world of conspiracy theories. I wanted to share some of what happens uh, or some of what appears to have worked with my brother when I took him out for his birthday recently. When he started going on about this being the end times and spouting all the biblical evidence he had, I let him go for a bit. And then I finally stepped in and said, okay, let's just say you're right and we're in it. What can you do about it? And he fumbled around for a bit, and we finally agreed that there wasn't a damn thing. So I said, the best we can do is continue to be the best people we possibly can. And he agreed with that, too. When the conversation turned to the 2020 election, and that he continues to believe Trump won, I brought up the number of times the case was heard in court. He actually believes there were only three cases. And he didn't believe me when I said there were over 60. He didn't know anything about the defamation case Ruby Freeman or Shane Moss brought and won against Rudy Giuliani. Wow. And he also didn't know that Jenna Ellis pled guilty in the Georgia case and wouldn't believe me when I told him she had. To get to my point and where I may have made some progress, I said that he and I disagreed on a lot of things and there was no way we were going to go resolve all the differences sitting there at dinner. I reminded him that in America, when we have disagreements, we resolve them in the courtroom because... That was where both sides brought in their evidence and a jury of our peers weighs in. When we stop believing in the court process, that'll be the end of the country. We like to believe that all are equal in America, but that's not true. Some people are born to billionaires. Some are born with drugs in their system. Some are born to parents with mental illness and others are born with incredible athletic skills. So I said, the only place where we're truly equal is the courtroom. I told him I was going to be okay with any decision regarding Donald Trump's possible criminal behavior and asked him if he'd be willing to do the same. And he said that he would. It may not seem like a huge deal, but he has said in the past that I've been able to change his mind on abortion, specifically that the government shouldn't be able to dictate what a woman decides. 2024 is going to be a difficult year. And one of the hardest things for me uh, will be to remain optimistic, but I am determined. I'm choosing to believe in the American people and the American process. And I'm not going to give up on having conversations with people who don't really see the way I do. And I'm going to keep doing my art, which I have found to be very therapeutic. I started making mosaic flags, and I hope to have a show sometime this spring. I've attached some of them here. This wow. first piece is incredibly powerful. It really is. It's got everybody's name on there. I think, and the, if I'm reading into this correctly, it's just not everyone's name. This is the colors of a, I may be overstepping on this, but I, I think these might be the names of people, black people that were these, killed yes. by police officers. Unarmed black people killed by police officers yeah. and, and put into a thin blue line flag. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, and then, oh, wow. These are just so beautiful. Powerful, powerful pieces. My goodness. I love These look like bullet yeah. casings in the, in some of them. Yep. Wow. <laughs> My wow, goodness. Yeah. Thank you so very much for Truly sharing this with us, Anonymous. Beautiful yeah. art. Beautiful art. Thanks to everybody for sending in. And and what you were just talking about, Anonymous, is is something I've, I'm working up. I'm working on a campaign about talking to other people uh, about, you know, because that's the most powerful tool we have. Text banking, yes, phone banking, door knocking, all of that's important, postcards. Um, but just having conversations with people in your community who might not otherwise be a voter or might be a Trump voter, that is actually where, and it's scientifically shown, you actually get the most bang for your time, like the most 
um, mm -hmm. return on your investment, I should say, you know, bang for your time. What the fuck is yeah, that? You, you heard her. <laughs> little bang for your time there, people. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> huh? Oh, sometimes the things that come out of my mouth. I just <laughs> anyway, appreciate you all. Please send your good news into us, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. Do you have any final thoughts today on this New Hampshire primary day? I do not. Everybody just get out there. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone you know with you. And write in Biden in New Hampshire. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first time lawyer, I wanna act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th or get it ad free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.